Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and you've guessed it, this is where we talk about money. And it is my mission to empower you, to help you make the best financial decisions possible. Why? Because money is a tool, life is for living. Let's go. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Welcome back. Hope you had an amazing weekend. I just want to start this episode off by saying thank you to everyone who sent some feedback. Read the episode last week with Polina. It's really, really great to hear that you guys are finding value within the podcast. So this week, I am joined by another guest. Actually, this is a sponsors episode with Money Farm. If you don't know who Money Farm are, Money Farm are a digital wealth manager, and they are there to basically help you achieve your life goals by investing in the stock market, but having professional help. So I have on the show this week, Chris Rudden. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks, Pete. Well, thanks for having me. Not a problem at all. So let's do an introduction into kind of like who you are, uh, who Money Farm are, because if most of the people that listen to the podcast, they do follow me on YouTube as well. And if you don't follow me on YouTube, by the way, uh, the YouTube channel has got lots of stuff on there for you to kind of help your finances, better your finances, so on and so forth. So give us a bit of an introduction to you and yeah, and Money Farm. How long have you been with Money Farm for? So I, I've been with Money Farm just more than about five years now. Um, so actually, I joined them straight out of university. Okay. Um, I did did economics at York, and then I went to, yeah, came, came down to London, joined Money Farm straight away. And this was literally just before Money Farm launched in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's been quite a journey just following following Money and Farm from zero in in the UK to, to to where it is now, and you know it's been quite a quite an interesting journey. Um, and yeah, you know, worked my way up, kind of um, done various exams along the way. Um, for those who are familiar with them, I did the IMC and then completed the the CFA. Mm-hmm. Um, and now my role is essentially I look after the uh, the investment consultant team at Money mm-hmm. Farm. Um, so this is a team that essentially is, you know, kind of the mouthpiece for, for Money Farm, speaks with the clients all the time. Um, and, you know, something that we do at Money Farm, we look to have a, a relatively hybrid model where essentially while we're incredibly digital and the whole aim is to be digital, we still try and provide a human guidance along the way. Um, and that's basically what my team does, and what we're essentially responsible for. And I know that, you know, from a money money farm's point of view, you guys kind of position yourself as a a digital wealth manager, don't you? Um, I think that phraseology is actually quite interesting because the traditional um, perception of a wealth manager will be, you know, kind of like a financial advisor physically seeing someone. Um, And I said this on, on the review that I did for you guys on YouTube, that essentially you've taken that digitized version of that trying to speak to a new, I would say almost not a new market, but a seemingly emerging market, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, You hear a lot about the advice gap, as it's called, you Mm -hmm. know, essentially in the past, you know, several years ago, you either, you could either have a financial advisor if you had, you know, several hundred thousand pounds or you were kind of left to your own devices. Um, Where we try and come in is, I mean, twofold, but predominantly is to make, you know, the, the access to financial advice and access to well, more investment advice, much more accessible, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, anybody can kind of, you know, pick up a phone, can, can you know, kind of go online, 
go through our kind of risk questionnaire uh, and be put into you know go go through answering all the the questions etc on on the on the website and and be put into you know portfolios that are right for them rather than being kind of left themselves and trying to work out you know where do I invest what do I do where you know I don't really know where to start um, and that's kind of the key point really uh, and, and as you say you know there's a lot of industries who have been kind of revolutionized by kind of digitization um, over over the last kind of 10, 20 years. And we felt that kind of the wealth management industry was was lagging behind in that sense. And actually, some people we get are people who used to have financial advisors, but essentially just used to charge quite high fees. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason for this is a lot of their work was manual. As you say, you know, you had to go and meet them in person. You had to go through a risk questionnaire. That person had to go through the risk questionnaire and kind of do that. One thing that we've managed to do is, you know, we've built an algorithm which is, registered with the FCA as, a, as an investment advisor, but essentially, you know, you fill it in online. And for us, you know, you can kind of give someone the, you know, their advice like that. Mm-hmm. So for us, the, the, the marginal cost for a client is very low. As a result, we can pass that on for in, in, in lower fees and therefore make it A, more accessible and obviously B, better value essentially mm-hmm. across the board. On the digitized um, arena side of what you basically do, because I, I find that this is something that, I think the industry as a whole is lacking catching up with. There is everything on the phone now, um, everything online, everything almost has to be this easy to access, easy to use, easy to execute, easy to implement. What's that one of the main drivers for you guys at Money Farm starting out, knowing that, right, things are changing and this is kind of where we wanted to operate and where we wanted to focus because there's a couple of USPs that we'll get to a bit later on that I think you guys do extremely well, which basically plugs a massive gap. You've already alluded to it. Like before, you know, if you didn't have, you know, a decent amount of money, you were left to your own devices to kind of just figure it out all on your own. And now with the way technology has advanced, People are doing more and more stuff online. Was that a conscious effort to kind of attack this arena and, and fill that gap? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we live in a very interesting generation where, you know, technology is, is advancing very, very quickly um, and things are kind of developing. And, you know, if, if you, you know, we're nicely positioned to kind of take advantage of these things. Um, and yes, you know, there's, there's, there's basically a, a gap where on one side, you know, you've always had your well, for a while, had trading platforms and stuff like that, which were online. Um, on, but on the other side, the more advisory side was very much kind of in person, mm-hmm. and there wasn't much in the middle. Mm-hmm. So essentially, there's a way to kind of still have that digital app-based or you know, kind of online-based service, but actually still encompassing more of the kind of the, the elements which are more executed by a human generally, um, kind of the advice, the kind of recommendations for a portfolio, managing the investments, uh, that sort of thing. And, and that's, you know, an area that we really, really wanted to push. However, like you said, you know, one thing that we realized is whilst digitization can make us a lot of cost, save us a lot of money on, uh, on cost, can make things a lot, of, a lot easier, much quicker for the clients, can make it much more, you know, transparent, that sort of thing. Um, we still feel that, you know, people like a human touch as mm-hmm. well um mm-hmm. and that's ultimately where where we we kind of try and stand out a little bit we have a team who are always available so either on the phone or uh, via email or you know occasionally we get people who come into the office if, you know if they're if they're in the vicinity but generally speaking yeah it's 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 providing that 
that that kind of voice, that human touch to what is essentially for some people kind of like a, a website or an app, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that helps us to build a rapport with each client as well. And once you kind of build these relationships, which which is what it is essentially what it is with wealth management, it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of very important to 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 build that, develop that, and that instills trust as well. Um, which obviously, if you're looking after people's money, is a huge, huge factor. You know, they have to trust yeah. you essentially. Absolutely. Um, and so that's that's the point on there. Um, and yeah, you know, it, you know, even things like the actual investment management itself. So one thing that we do is we look after the, you know, we we manage the portfolios. Once we've assigned clients into portfolios, we actually manage them for the clients as well. And that's also done by a team of humans in you know in a in a in a much more kind of traditional manner. Um, very experienced set, of, you know, set of guys who are from um, you know your investment banking backgrounds doing asset management. But the face, you know, the the thing that the client sees is always the kind of the more digital side, the mm-hmm. thing like that. So behind the scenes, there's obviously still quite a lot to do, human wise. But obviously, yeah, what you kind of present to the client is much more digital. And I do, and I do want to just focus on that bit a little bit there because I think this is really, really important. My experience has been that if you use an app, and I think many people who listen to this will will agree, if you use an app to do anything, oftentimes um, it's very difficult to get hold or speak to a person, like a person, like proper, proper person. Most of them will have like uh, an email or a chat system, something like that, right? But to actually speak to physically speak to someone becomes a bit of a challenge. Mm. And one of the things that I noticed that you guys have done is yes, you've got that digital presence, you've got the app, you've got the web interface, but you've got the ability for someone to actually book an appointment with a person to have a conversation about their, their portfolio, their goals, that kind of stuff, and perhaps receive a little bit of guidance in terms of helping people make the right decision. Was that an intentional thing for you guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, so part of the client journey is we actively encourage people to book an appointment before they start, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to have a conversation about, okay, you know, what are your goals? What are you looking to do? You know, how are you looking, you know, do you, are you here to, for your retirement? Are you here, you know, partly because you want to buy a house, mm-hmm. you know, are you here just because you generally want to build your, your wealth up, talk a little bit through their situation and kind of guide them through the advice mechanism that we have. Um, and along the way, as we say, kind of learn a little bit more about the clients, help them to kind of deal with the platform in a way that personal is a bit more personal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that what we try and do is we maintain that relationship. So you know, each one of our uh, of my consultants will have a a book of clients, should we say, who they had that first conversation with, and then from there on in, it's their responsibility to make sure that, that client is is happy. Oh, okay. um, so, for example, it will involve you know. We will generate a quarterly report about their portfolio and they'll send it out and maybe kind of reach out and say, hey, do you have any questions about this? And then, you know, sure, through time, maybe catch up with them, whether it's kind of 12 months in, do you want to make sure that your risk questionnaire is up to date? Do we need to kind of make any amendments to your portfolios? Um, And then generally speaking, once you kind of build that, the client also starts to kind of come back the other way so they will have a single point of contact that they can get hold of um even if it's a you know it's a question of what's your view on emerging markets or mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. Por- you know something's happened in my portfolio this week do you mind describing it for me so they can then you know they'll have the direct line of their particular consultant so they'll either email or give them a call 
uh, and it's the job of the consultant just to make sure that they're, they're looking after this particular client. And like I say, building that relationship and having that relationship with the client is, is really important to us um, because, you know, investing is a journey, right? It's not a, yeah, a get rich yeah. over, you know, it's not a get rich quick overnight sort of thing. Um, you know, real investing is okay. You set your financial goals and you make sure you, you kind of having your assets related to those goals and making sure you're on track. And we, we're just there to kind of help them along this journey. Yeah. So this is, this is really interesting then, right? Because I say this all the time, certainly when I do coaching, I'm like, okay, cool. So if you're going to go at this alone, I think we should probably touch on the whole go at it alone type conversation because that's an interesting one to have. I always say to people, if you're going to go at this alone, you kind of need to understand exactly what you're doing because otherwise it's like, I don't know, shooting fish in the, like in the dark. You don't really know what you're aiming for, knowing what you're doing in terms of a strategy point of view. And I didn't know that you guys actually did this until you just mentioned it there. So you have people that look after clients and you will basically give them, give them updates. And do you do reviews for them as well to say, look, this is how the portfolio is actually done. We know that your goal is X. So you're this far along to your goal, that kind of stuff and keeping them up to date with the risk questionnaires. How much, how much care do you actually give them within, within that service? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ultimately we, you know, as an advisor, we have to make sure that we are looking off everything suitable on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. So it's not a kind of set it, forget it at the start. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that that manifests itself in, in kind of two ways. One is obviously with the client, with the relationship and with their kind of risk level, et cetera. So one thing that will happen is they will be actively encouraged, if not kind of forced to retake their risk questionnaire once a year anyway. Mm -hmm first and foremost and then from there any changes that they make so say for example part of the advice is okay they'll say well i have this amount of investable assets and then they'll invest a certain amount if the amount that they invest suddenly changes a lot suddenly the 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 the, the ongoing suitability so that the digital part of the advice mm -hmm. will throw up a big warning flag mm -hmm. and say hang on this something's big change here mm -hmm. let's revisit everything and mm -hmm. then that might be conjoined with a call from someone in my team or just they might do it themselves digitally and they will meet, need to make sure that on, on an ongoing basis the portfolio is always still suitable um again changes in time frame if someone changes their time frame on the portfolio like that it will rebalance the portfolio mm -hmm. to a different risk level ah that's really really good so this that's is really, really good so on an ongoing basis, it will any changes that do happen will either throw up a flag and ask the client to retake something or change something, or it will just change the portfolio based on what's happened. So that's purely digital. And then obviously alongside that, we will kind of, you know, if we we get notifications if someone's got a flag as well. So if some, you know, if they haven't taken an action or something, we'll follow up and say, hey, this has happened. And sometimes the client will say, I don't quite understand what it was, and we'll talk them through it, say, okay, mm -hmm. look you suddenly just doubled the amount that you have invested without changing the investable assets that you have mm -hmm. in general. So suddenly it's like you're actually now investing much, much, much more mm -hmm. of your investable assets. So what's happening is the system's looking to kind of de-risk you a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, oh, okay, no, I haven't changed. You know, I, I had a lump sum bonus or whatever. I didn't change my assets. Mm -hmm. Let me retake the questionnaire or something along those lines. So that will constantly be happening in the background. And this, this, this check runs on all client accounts kind of every month just to okay. see if anything's changed. And if there is a change, it will throw out this warning. So that's on the kind of the, you know, making sure the client's in the right section guide. And then obviously on the portfolios themselves, our portfolio management team, they are constantly running the portfolios. So what they do is they have tactical rebalances based on 
seven different risk levels, one to seven. Um, and each one is managed by, by these guys. And um, essentially, if, if they see anything happening in the markets or any changes at all happening, they will rebalance whichever portfolios they see fit, whether it's mm-hmm. all of them or maybe the top end ones or whether it's the bottom end ones, something like that. And that will constantly be going on as well. So whilst client will be put into you know, two and four or whatever um, at the same time and you know track to whether they're the most appropriate ones, at the same time, these portfolios will also be changed to make sure they are suitable for market conditions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, and again, the whole point about, and you mentioned it as well, the kind of the shooting in the dark for something for us that we found is from what, what, what people generally tell us about investment platforms is they're really complicated. Mm-hmm. You go on there, you see just data and charts and whatever, and you, you know, it's, it's like, it's too much. So it what doesn't we try make any and do, sense. Yeah. Well, exactly. And what we mm-hmm. try and do is we, try and keep it so it's very simple very mm-hmm. plain we keep you entirely up to date with what's happening here are your trades here are the movements here's some content so we try and keep a content little dashboard in the box so mm-hmm. kind of up to date news about markets or changes to whatever thinking we've got um but we try and keep it really plain so that people can really understand what is going on in their account as we do it and so they're kind of kept in the loop yeah um and i think guys if you're listening to this let me just kind of like really bring to life what, what Chris has just said there. And I think it's really, really important. And one, one that people should know is happening. And I had a call, I've had a number of calls where people ask me a question, say, right, we want to invest for the long term, but within that long term plan, there's actually a house purchase in two to three years time or four years time. And I always sort of ask the question and say, well, okay, so if you're investing for the long term, you're willing to take, you know, uh, a higher level of risk because it is long term. How are you accounting for the fact that you need to purchase a house in three to four years? And what Chris has basically described there is the fact that you have this ongoing um, system in the background that is there to help make sure that all of those things are considered. That may not be something that you as a first-time investor or someone who may be relatively inexperienced will automatically think about, but understanding that you've got uh, a system almost in place to help you consider all of the things that you may miss, I think is really, really important. As, and as part of an overall service is crucial, particularly if you are a first time investor trying to get invested in the market. I mean, because let's face it, it is very sexy and trendy right now, the markets. Everybody wants to go and pick up GameStop um, and AMC and Tesla and Amazon. And look, the last week and a half has been pretty turbulent in, in the US market. Yes. Tech has taken a bit of a dive. It's all actively managed with you guys though, isn't it, um, Chris? Yes, yes, yes. So actually, I mean, not to go too much into nitty gritty, but um, yeah, exactly that. And whilst obviously having US bias has helped us in the last kind of few years in our portfolios, um, we did switch a little bit into the la- in the last, at the back end of last year, we've kind of given the state of play, moved a little bit into kind of value stocks. Mm-hmm. Um out of well not necessarily out of growth but we basically increased our risk a little bit but not into to growth into a little bit more into value mm-hmm. uh, and we're quite grateful that we did yeah <laughs> because yeah. that's done all right and uh, yeah your more growth style tech stocks still took a bit of a battering but again obviously that's why i mean twofold a it's good to have someone to manage the portfolios for you who kind of day-to-day is their job is their experience does it day-to-day you know so that you don't necessarily have to always mm-hmm. think about this sort of thing but again it kind of really goes into show the the need to make sure the investments that you have are appropriate to your goals um 
And that's not just, you know, with us, that's just generally everywhere. Because, you know, without knowing about it, you see the news, you get into the hype, you see mm -hmm. on social media, you know, you see people posting how much they've made in GameStop mm -hmm. or Tesla. And, you know, even though this is money that you've earmarked to buy a house for next year, you think, well, I'm going to invest it. And then obviously, you suddenly you see a 20% dive. Mm -hmm. That's terrifying. Um, and, you know, whilst generally speaking, you know, if you've got a long time frame, if you see the equity markets, if you see the stock markets dive, you tend to see them recover mm -hmm. over a, a given period of time. It, it varies, obviously, all the time. But you will see, it, you know, generally speaking, historically, you will see it recover. And that's why you can afford to take on more risk with a, with a longer time frame. Um, yeah. But, you know, sometimes you need that guidance into telling you where, <laughs> what, what is appropriate. Um, so for us, you know, with an ISA portfolio, for example, you're setting up your ISA account, you can split it into different pots as well. So like different risk levels. And the way that we kind of allocate you to the pot is we first ask you to go through the risk questionnaire at the start of the sign up. And then, as I mentioned, annually do it over and over mm -hmm. again. Um, and then we ask you about your goals. So how long, how long are you looking to invest for on this particular pot? Okay. Two, three years. Okay. And that's going to be relatively low risk. And we'll, you know, we'll basically put people into that portfolio. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that and this will match. I would assume if you're looking to buy a house, for example, that will match that kind of objective. So you allow you can essentially allow people to segment and plan uh, to stages almost. Exactly, exactly. It's really a little bit more kind of goal based, as you say. You know, you mm -hmm. can say, okay, this one's about two years, so we're going to make a separate kind of portfolio here that's got your two year time horizon, and then well, that's only going to be half of my money, half the money I want to stick away for retirement, as you mm -hmm. mentioned in your example. So that will allow people to put a longer-term portfolio, which might be higher risk, in there. And then, you know, within the ISA portfolio, within the ISA wrapper, you can have different levels of growth, or you know, and different kind of portfolio goals and different kind of views on that. And we'll manage it with that in mind, essentially. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you. So, like, obviously, the last week, week and a half. I mean, I think the markets did okay, like this week, Monday or so. Do you have people like? contact your team and be like okay what's going on should i be worried that kind of stuff do you get that a lot absolutely absolutely and i think that's the most important part of our job if i'm honest um this week less so obviously a little bit here and there um but i mean last march for example was 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 mm. was the big one um and people i mean you know generally you hear about kind of behavioral biases and things like that but they do you know we, they do at least for some people, really manifest themselves. So the big one is loss aversion, as they call mm -hmm. it, where yes. people are very scared of losing money, understandably. Um, but this can lead to kind of quite rash decisions, we always find. So for example, as the markets were tumbling last year, um, we would have people kind of calling us up. Everybody would call their consultant because you know that's well, the whole point of why the team's there, essentially. You know? So people mm -hmm. would call their, their consultant they have and say, look, the market's falling. What should I do? Shall I sell? Shall I sell? Shall I sell? And I, you know, I, I, our kind of guidance every time was like, look, no, you know, ultimately the last thing you want to do now is is crystallize your losses. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Generally speaking, we do think things will recover. We don't know the time frame, obviously, um, but we have faith that things will recover. The last thing you want to do now is kind of sell. Um, mm -hmm. And generally, when you can kind of talk people away from doing that, they don't make that decision. And then suddenly, when the market comes up on the other side, they're kind of like, well, I'm very glad that you yeah. did that. Yeah. Um, obviously there were some people who, you know, well, we can only give guidance, right? Where people are completely at their own liberty to do what they want with their money. You know, if those who did kind of sell late March, early April, suddenly buying back in when things are a bit better in June, 
you kind of lost a lot on there. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. you know, with when it, with, with money, it's you know people. You know, it's very important to people that get obviously as strong emotions to it. Um, and that's kind of part of our job, just to kind of coach them through and kind of tell them to take a step back. And say, yeah. don't, don't worry about it. You know, this 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 happens. This is normal. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it's a big part of our job actually. Um, just just making sure people are comfortable with what's happening and aware of what's happening and yeah particularly in downturns to say look yeah this is normal it's because of this we think this might happen um here are probably a set of outcomes but generally speaking you know your best bet is to the reason why we've put you into this risk level is because you've got this time frame or because you've got this goal so don't worry about it this was factored into this decision making basically mm-hmm. and i think it's interesting that you uh, reference loss aversion there because you know i say this to i say this all the time I say you feel more strongly about losing money than making money. And to and to some people that will sound like really like weird and counterintuitive, but it gets to a point where you have good returns in the stock market where it just becomes, yeah, okay, it's done okay. But you feel it more acutely if it is a negative minus three or minus four. And therefore it's that trying to control the ration the irrational fear that comes along with oh my God, I just lost a bit of money on the stock market. It hasn't you know, been a, a smooth ride mm. um, this last quarter or this last week or this last month, this last year. People often feel that. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been, I mean, even, I mean, even since I've kind of been in, you know, in the industry, obviously there's been a few hiccups last year, for example. I mean, probably slightly more than a hiccup, but um, you know, end of 2018. But generally speaking, market, it's been a very pleasant environment for markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's ultimately not necessarily lulled people into a false sense of security, but it, you know, it's kind of made people believe, put them into that. You know, if you've got a long stretch of about eight months where the markets generally have only really gone up, it does mm-hmm. come as a bit of a surprise when it starts to go down. Yeah, and it it really does kind of shake people a bit. And, and as you say, it's just te- more terrifying to, to 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 look like it's going down than you were content when it was going up. Yeah. Um, and you know, as as you and I know, markets go down faster than they go up. That's yeah. that's usually for sure. So it'll build over <laughs> a period of time, and then bang, yeah. it'll go down. But you know, this is always natural. Um, and the key is the kind of, I mean, diversification is always the big one. Because um, yeah. you know, while some industries or some parts might get absolutely hammered, generally speaking, there's always going to be segments, sectors, industries that do particularly well. Um, I think we saw this. You know, the last twelve months were a perfect example where you know you saw your tech stocks kind of absolutely rocket mm-hmm. off the back end of, of this and your you kind of more what they call value stocks your kind of more kind of broad the, the ones that do well out of broad kind of economic mm-hmm. growth you know your kind of finance stocks your energy stocks these sort of things really really lagging behind mm-hmm. um and that's where diversification works well because obviously fine you know if you were sat in Tesla, Facebook, Amazon, whatever, you've probably done very well for yourself. Well, but then yeah. but then obviously this this last few weeks you've you know you've taken a hammering. Whereas on the flip side, the value stocks did quite badly during 2020 and actually during the start of 2021 have, have, have done actually quite well in comparison. So, you know, doing that and then obviously globally with being in different countries, particularly now with coronavirus responses, it's obviously a, 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 you know, it makes global diversification sense, yeah. yeah even more more important, more important. Um, so you know it, it's that sort of thing where I think that's the key thing just patience making sure you're diversified and making sure you're in the right risk level for for, for your goal and then it's, it's it's a case of just kind of sitting tight and, and, and riding it through absolutely so for the listeners and stuff um, what 
what can they actually use you for? So I know that you've got obviously general investment accounts, you've got pensions, that kind of stuff, but what's the general suite you have available? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a variety of, of products, we say. So obviously, as you say, the pension. So this is a self-invested personal pension. So this is for anyone really who uh, either wants to top up their existing pension that they have with their workplace. Um, generally speaking, the majority of pensions that we get are, are old workplace pensions. So, mm-hmm. you know, people have had, you know, I think on average people have 11 jobs in their lifetime, I think research says. So, you mm-hmm. know, obviously the one that you have with your workplace is really good because your company tops it up. But the previous ones, people don't really have a huge idea of where they are mm-hmm. and what they're doing. Um, so, you know, what we tend to find is we have people consolidating old workplace pensions into 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 us, into our pension, just so they can see it, they have visibility on it. Same thing as before, you know, it's, it's set up for their retirement, specifically for them rather than being in a cohort, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you're looking to retire at 65, your risk appetite is this, let's, let's manage it in that way. Mm-hmm. So that's people who are self-employed who want to make kind of contributions themselves um, from, their, from their company. So that, those are the two kind of main things for the pension. Uh, and then a, a predominant thing that people use is essentially the ISA. Um, I support stocks and shares ISAs. Um, again, similar. It's all, you know, ultimately our products are a means to an end. Ultimately, what we want to obviously provide people is the service of, you know, getting to their goals. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, which products is then a secondary decision. But, you know, we have the ISA, we have the pensions. And then obviously for, for most people, you know, the, the guidance is fill your tax wrappers mm-hmm. each year. So make sure you fill your ISA routes. Make sure, you know, <laughs> Everybody in your family has filled their ice allowance. Yeah. Tax efficiency first, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fill up your pensions. Uh, and then, you know, overflow, you can kind of put into more of a general investment portfolio. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, each one for us will be done with a goal in mind. So obviously, pension will traditionally start off being the longer term and will kind of go down in risk as you get closer mm-hmm. to retirement. And then your ISAs, similarly, we might be different goals based on sometimes something shorter term. Maybe one is also a longer term one. And then your GIA tends to be kind of the, the spillover part. But yeah, we have all of these, you know, these tax wrappers available for people to, to to make sure that in getting to their goals, they are putting it in the right place and making sure it's it's tax efficient, which is which is ultimately key. And definitely this time of year <laughs> makes things very very busy because obviously the end of the tax year is where things really kind of explode for us in our team uh, and, and in our company because obviously everybody it leaves it to the last minute, which is you know uh, a good way of doing it. And you know they did yeah. Everybody now is there scrambling to make make sure they fill their fill their ice allowance, fill their pensions allowance, and, and that sort of thing. So, so yeah, it's it's very seasonal, um, but in fact, it's but it's good. So it means that people are doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, I always say this to people as well. You know, tax efficiency is really really important. You know, that that being able to have a twenty thousand pound ice allowance is you know we we take it for granted sometimes. But if you don't use it, you lose it at the end of the day. So. Yeah. You might as well use it. And many people, I think, are deterred from the fact that oh, I'm never going to have £20,000. Well, even if you've got 5000 or 2000 or 1000 just put it in because the minute it's in there, it's free, uh, you know, from a tax point of view. So it makes sense to absolutely use that. Just on, the, on, on what you're doing then. So we've already established that you've got a lot of stuff that's in the background to the service that you provide the clients with. Obviously, with the digital facade, but with the human interaction and the human element to guide, to help monitor people's goals and their performance and how they're actually moving towards their goals. In the traditional sense, though, how would you say you can you compare to 
a financial advisor in terms of cost, because this is the one big thing that people often talk about, cost, cost, cost. You need to keep the cost down, so on and so forth. So where do you come in when it comes to the cost point of view uh, versus the traditional way of accessing what you're basically providing, which is essentially, it's almost like a man- it's a management service. It's a wealth management service. Absolutely. And, you know, not to, you know, Financial advisors obviously have a have a place, and you know there are certain aspects which we can't offer. So tax advice, uh, you mm-hmm. know, inheritance tax advice, this sort of thing. But for the large, broad stroke of of people who are looking to just kind of save and build towards their goals, essentially, I think what they require is essentially what we can offer, and they don't need the kind of extra bells and whistles that that can be offered on unless you're you know a massive owner or you've got huge amounts of assets mm-hmm. and it's you know then obviously that's a that that's where that becomes more relevant. So we I think we we service large you know have you know have have an offering which works for a large portion of the um population mm-hmm. and as a result as we say because of the digital aspect we you know we come in at a, a much lower kind of fee rate than your kind of traditional players your traditional players looking i mean again people will come back and say oh, i don't pay as much as this but on average tends to be somewhere between one and two percent per year Mm-hmm. at least in terms of management of ongoing fee and can yeah. often be kind of a setup fee as well, which yeah. can be a nominal amount or a, a, a lack of 5% or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and yeah, as you say, you know, we've had periods of good markets and going forwards, we don't necessarily always think that the expected returns are the kind of, you know, 10 plus percent they used to be. So if your expected returns are 5% and someone's taking two, out of that then you know over time that really really builds up to a massive difference um so yeah you know our our fees start you know the highest so kind of it goes tiered you know ten thousand and below it's 0.75 percent then it goes up in like we have kind of different batches so it's 0.6 0.5 and then 100,000 plus it's 0.35 percent in terms of the the, the marginal fee so it kind of goes up as you you kind of go, go along and build up with us as well. And I always say to people that, you know, when you're looking at cost, um, obviously cost is an important factor if you're investing, clearly, right? You have to obviously consider that. But I, this is the old uh, phrase that we used to use when I was working in Canary Wharf and, and working with people. We used to say cost is only an issue in the absence of value. Mm-hmm. So based on your circumstances and based on where you are and where you want to go to from a goal point of view, you need to weigh up whether you feel a fee of X is worth the value being delivered to help you get to your goal. So in this example where Money Farm are completely digital, but you've got that human interaction, they are able to give you guidance. And this is one thing, by the way, because I was really, really impressed because I've got a bit of money with you. You can actually go onto the app and actually book a meeting with one of your team, like literally in app. And it shows you all of the available dates and slots that week. And you literally put in your details and somebody basically calls you. So the question is, to have someone there you can talk, speak to that's going to help monitor and track you against your goals and your perform, your, your investment against your goals, the question is, is 0.35% or 0.45% value enough for you to have that? Because what I find is that many people are going to other digital platforms where they are kind of stumbling in the dark, trying to pick it themselves, not really understanding exactly what they're doing because it's under the guise of free, commission-free or a free service. And the question is, well, do you have the skill set and the know-how to actually get you to your goal without doing any damage to yourself because you've not really got any professional influence or professional help along the way? 
No, absolutely. I just couldn't couldn't have put it better myself. You know, if you are just looking to go online and invest some money, you might find someone cheaper. Absolutely. Like you say, nowadays with the kind of commission free trading push that you know that 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 does exist. But again, it's just ultimately it's, it's apples and pears. You know, completely different services. Yeah. If you're looking to go online, and I just want to put some, you know, I, I have an idea in mind. I just want to go and put some money into Tesla. Fine. You know. We're we're not unfortunately we're not the provider for you, and that's fair enough. You know, it, people, you you have to provide service for what people want, and in that scenario, if they want that, then that's great. Um, for us, it's more okay for uh, you know it's 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 about kind of being by someone's side, as we've said along this journey of of kind of saving rather than just kind of not gambling investing, but you know what I mean like more of a kind of trading and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, as you as you put very well yourself you know helping people along the way making sure they're on course you know kind of being by their side the whole way through there and uh, getting from where they are now to where they really want to be ultimately and that's kind of where we charge the fee for and generally speaking that field we we find that we're the lowest or among the lowest mm-hmm. uh, most fee, fee rates um, mm-hmm. but yeah again it's to, as you say it's where people derive the value and depending on what they're if they want that then hopefully we're great for them if they if they really don't want any of that and they just want to invest then i don't think we're necessary for them if that makes sense absolutely and i know that at the moment um on the fee side of things um just as an offer to people who listen to this podcast and and follow me that you actually give in uh you're doing a a six month fee free um offer on uh up to five thousand pounds managed um as well there will be a coupon code um in the show notes to this show which you can use if you do want to check out money farm Uh, specifically for this but i would say guys you know ultimately what this comes down to is you know oftentimes we try to make financial decisions in a rush because we're busy with work busy with family busy with our businesses and oftentimes the financial decisions of what we're actually going to do for the future in terms of investing we spend very little time on it we spend very little time in it i mean we probably spend more time looking at a gym plan (laughs) <laughs> than we do <laughs> what our, what we actually want to do when it comes to our financial and investment plan. And I can't stress this enough. And if you've listened to the podcast for any a length of time, you know that I'm really, really big on this. This stuff, it requires due diligence and care. You have to really be intentional. You have to have a goal. If you're going to invest in the stock market, what are you doing it for? I started this year out talking about goals. What What is this all about for you? You're going to have personal goals. So with my slogan being money is a tool, life is for living, money is there to help you achieve those goals. That goal is then the life that you want to live. You need to take the due due care and time to make sure that you're doing things correctly. And if you want help, you still want it to be digitized. This may be a really, really good offer and option for you to, to check out. Because if you're busy with family, with business, with career, you probably haven't got time to be looking at, you know, stock charts and doing research in, into individual stocks and monitoring the markets and checking out when you're going to review your investment every six months or every 12 months to make sure you're still on track. You probably don't have time for that. So if you want a little bit of assistance to help you invest where you can literally just put your money in, know it's in good hands, know that you're going to get a call um, if anything were to change or if anything's flagged up, someone that you can actually you know pick up the phone, maybe speak to, ask some questions if the markets are a bit you know, volatile, like they have been over the last week and a half. And this may be a really good um, option for you as well. So I definitely encourage you guys to check out Money Farm. And yeah, they've got the offer on at the moment, which is 
which is a good offer at this point in time, definitely go check it out. Is there anything else that you would kind of close on, Chris, at all? Anything that you, you think the listeners should, should hear? No, I mean, I, I, you did a very nice job yourself just there. It was uh, very well put. Ultimately, yeah, you know, people, well, you know, people, their goals uh, and how they get there is hugely important. Um, and yeah, you know, as you, I think your, your slogan is great. Money is, you know, money and investments, they're, they're a means to an end, ultimately. Uh, and it's working out what that end is and then hopefully, you know, finding the right way to actually provide those means uh, and, and that's ultimately where we where we really feel we can help absolutely and chris thank you so much for being on the episode this week just to kind of talk about what it is that you do and guys if you are listening to this look you know investing is sexy it's trendy right now everybody wants to invest and i'm i'm extremely excited by that but i think it's one thing to try and do this on your own without know-how and it's one thing acknowledging that maybe you don't have the skill set or the ability or actually you know what even the time to actually do this on your own. And as we've spoken to about already in this episode, and certainly I speak about on this podcast, you know, life is all about trying to achieve the lifestyle, the things that you essentially want. And money is a tool to help you get there. If you have a goal, it's really important that you're able to take the right steps to help you move closer towards those goals. Time is a limited resource. We don't get you know, two chances at this. So being able to recruit help to ensure that you're moving towards your goals diligently with professional um, input into the stock market and making sure that you're set up correctly is extremely important. One of the reasons why I've got my money with, with Money Farm is because I can pick up the phone and I can speak to some of the, one of their consultants if I needed to. And that just helps me know that, you know what, if I need a little bit of help, I can actually get it. And that is a huge gap that has been missing in the digital space so far. But if you have listened to this and this is of interest to you, it piques your interest, you do want to check out Money Farm, there is a coupon code in the show notes. So you can use that to access um, their services and they're offering um, no fees on an investment of up to £5,000 for six months. So you're going to save yourself a little bit of money on management fees essentially but please remember this offer must only be used for personal and non-commercial purposes and cannot be distributed publicly any violation might lead to disqualification from the offer so in other words please just don't go and share this with a thousand people so this is exclusively to the listeners of this podcast and as always remember we talked about investing here whenever you're investing obviously your capital is at risk so another reason why taking due care and you know planning this properly and seeking professional help is really important because the art of investing is that you try to stack the odds in your favor i say this all the time so due care is very very important thank you so much for listening to this i wish you an amazing week and remember money is a tool life is for living catch you next monday